Good evening. My name is Cody Busby. I'm the senior pastor here at South Shore Baptist. And I'm so grateful that you are making our church a part of your family's Christmas celebration. I'm so grateful you're here. And you need to know right off the top, this is a family service. We've got so many of our kids with us in here this evening. And that means there's going to be noise and there won't be perfect silence. And that's a good thing. And the only one is going to bother if your kid makes noise is probably you, the parent of that kid. So don't sweat it. Stay in here. It's going to be great. We expect it. We love it. But if it bothers you too much, mom or dad, you can step out into the upper lobby, the TVs are on out there, you can still hear the service fully out there. But you are welcomed here, especially if we are not your home church. We may not even be your faith tradition, and especially if you are not here of your own free will, <laughs> you are welcomed here tonight. There is great symbolism just in entering this room, and I want to make sure you see the picture and you don't miss this. You have come from outside in the world to inside here. Outside the world is marked by death, decay, sin, brokenness of every kind, and we don't belong out there. Everything about our existence in that world tells us we do not belong in that place. And then you have come in here from the wilderness into sanctuary. And we worship tonight gathered under the empty cross and the reason the cross is empty is because it's telling us a message that all the work of fixing everything that's broken has been completed by Jesus Christ in his death, burial, resurrection. The work is all done. And so when you come in here, you belong. You belong because you are entering into a completion that was already prepared for you by Christ. And that means we can be honest with ourselves and with each other about our shortcomings, our brokenness, our sorrows, our fears, and still in all of that you hear the voice of Jesus say, you belong. So to you who are tired and in need of rest, and you who are weak and in need of strength, and you who are grieving and desire comfort, and you who are sinners in need of a Savior, this church opens wide her doors to you in the name of Jesus Christ, a friend of sinners. Welcome. Tonight, you will pray, you will sing, you will read, you will listen, you will think. And as we do all those things, my prayer is that you would do so in the joy of Christ's sanctuary. Let's pray together. Father, we gather as your church in your perfection, by your grace, to celebrate so great a salvation as this. Father, hear our songs, receive them as sweet worship tonight. Capture our hearts. Father, be glorified as we praise you for Christ incarnate, the Word made flesh who dwelt among us. We praise you tonight for Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray and all God's people said, amen. Well, let's stand together for the responsive reading of God's Word. you would please respond where it says congregation. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. 
His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. And let's do that. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Jessica Vandervoort is going to come at this time to begin the reading of the Christmas story.
Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them.
And Sadie Grissom will come at this time to continue the reading of the Christmas story. Luke 2, 8 through 20. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So
Let's stand as we sing the song of the angels. Hark the herald angels
popular theme in Christmas movies is the theme of finding Christmas. It's all over the place. Main characters are always finding the meaning of Christmas from Ebenezer Scrooge to the Grinch to Charlie Brown to Molly, the big city executive who returns to her small hometown at Christmas and falls in love with her flannel-wearing high school crush who runs a struggling cupcake bakery in the Hallmark classic, Sprinkle All the Way. I made all of that up. You know you would watch it and love it. And you thought for a second, how have I missed that one? But here's the problem with the theme of finding Christmas. It's wrong. You don't find Christmas. Christmas finds you. That's what happened to the wise men in Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus. And that's what is happening even today. And so let's talk about these wise men for a brief moment. We meet them in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Listen to what Matthew tells us about these wise men. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Who were these wise men? The Bible doesn't give us just a ton of details, but there's a few things that we know. We're told that they're from the east. That's kind of vague. That's not a specific point. It could be that they are Persian. They're from the area of Babylon, perhaps. Um, we don't know for sure. It might be helpful to remember that Adam and Eve, when they were cast out of the Garden of Eden, they were cast east into a land of judgment. And now in this story, we have men coming from the east, a land of judgment into the promised land in search of the Messiah. To say that they are from the east is to say that they are definitely not Jewish, they are Gentiles. And these wise men were not even kings, even though our popular Christmas song says, we three kings, that's not what they were. In fact, they were advisors to kings. They would advise kings through dream interpretations or through astrology. Christian tradition says there were three wise men. The Bible doesn't tell us how many there were. We get the number three from the number of gifts that were presented to the Holy Family upon their arrival. And one night, these three wise men were looking at the night sky, and they saw a new star in the west. And they interpreted that star as a sign, meaning that a new king had been born in Judea. So they loaded up the caravan, and they traveled to their political neighbors to their west to celebrate with them. This was a political trip. It was a trip for your allies. And so they followed the new star all the way to the capital city. They go to Jerusalem, and when you get to Jerusalem, if you want to visit the king, you go to a king's palace. And so they went to the palace of King Herod and inquired about the newborn king. And King Herod said this was news to him. He was unaware that a new king had been born. And this is problematic for Herod, who was maniacally jealous of his power and authority. 
And so he gave the three wise men, he gave the wise men a commission. He said, I want you to go find this newborn king and then come back and tell me where I can find him because I want to go worship him. Wink, wink, we know what Herod wants to do with this baby. He wants to be rid of this challenger to his throne. And so listen to what happened when the wise men left Herod's palace. Continuing in Matthew chapter 2, after hearing the king they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here's the key question. What is this star that they followed? It led them to the capital city, and then it led them from Herod's palace to where they find the Holy Family. What is the star? It's possible it was an astronomical or astrological, excuse me, an astronomical phenomenon of some sort. So it could have been just some weird comet thing in the sky, and that God used it in some way. It could be that. Or here's something we've talked about around here in the past. It could have been an angel. There are angels all over the birth narratives, and there are places in Scripture where angels are described as stars. Mary was visited by an angel. Joseph was visited by an angel. The shepherds visited by angels. It's entirely reasonable that God sent an angel to guide the wise men as well, but they interpreted the light in the night sky as a star because they didn't know any different. But whether it was an angel or some other miraculous light in the sky. It doesn't matter what it was. What matters is who put it there. Who used it as the calling card for these wise men. This is God's work alone. It is God who led the wise men to the Christ child. And it's astounding to think that God would choose these pagan Gentiles from the east to come and visit the Christ child. Who should get an audience with the newborn Christ? We would think it should be important people, righteous people, the best people. But that's not who these wise men were. They were not a messianic watch party. They were not secret God-fearers. They were not righteous and devout men of God. And yet God in His grace brought these men to Jesus. They didn't find Christmas. Christmas found them. And wouldn't it be amazing if God still worked this way? And I'm telling you, He does. He's still bringing people to Christ. Perhaps He isn't using the same methods. I'm not sure how many of you followed an angel here tonight instead of Waze or Google Maps. But uh, still, you got here tonight in some way. And consider all the other incredible ways that God has invaded your life and is calling you to himself. Every time you've read the Bible, every time you've prayed, every time you've had thoughts about the divine, every question about a creator, every good cup of coffee, every small happiness, every moment where we feel loved and where we express love, every time you were comforted in your grief, every time your needs were met, every time you inhale and exhale, Every Christmas Eve service, every moment of your existence, God is bringing you to himself. And what makes this 
even more amazing is that we are so like these wise men. We are not seekers of Christ, nor are we deserving of Him. Our God is a God of love and grace. He's not the generic God at the top of a mountain of requirement, waiting on us to ascend and find Him there. He is Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, who destroyed the mountain of requirement and came to us. The story of Christmas is that He found us. He took away every bit of brokenness by His death on the cross. He died a death that we deserved because He loves you. He loves us. He died on the cross in your place. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Today, he sits at the right hand of God the Father, and his promise is that he is coming again. That is not myth. That is not wishful thinking. It is the very word of God, and we put our entire lives on it. And this is the Christ who loves you and calls you by name to himself. His promise is that if you will turn from your old life and you will turn to him He will save you. He'll bring you out of the land of judgment and into his eternal promised land. The wise men followed God's call all the way to Christ. Oh, that we would all be wise men and wise women who would come to Christ at his calling. There's going to be countless things running through your mind tonight, tomorrow, in the week ahead. But I want to give you one line from the Bible that I hope you will keep front and center as you treasure the specialness of this season. You think of the blessings of God to you and on you and for you. Here's the line I want you to keep in mind through this season. It's from 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. And the Apostle Paul says this, He first loved us. Let that be like a star leading you to Christ. He first loved you. Would you pray with me, please? To you, Jesus Christ, we pray. We know that no one has loved us as you have. You are the hope of earth and the glory of heaven, and you have given us yourself and with you every blessing in heaven. You have put in our lives not a single star, but a universe of stars, all with the same destination So may we hear your call and follow. Your love has no bounds and no parallel. And your love contains infinite blessings. Your love welcomes us in all our brokenness. Your love forgives us, heals us, restores us, exalts us, holds us, and welcomes us. Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. Amen. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our
stand as we continue singing.
Amen. Matthew 2 reminds us of God's wonderful and beautiful eternal plan. My prayer for you this evening is that you will see and know the light that has come to us through Jesus Christ. God's word reminds us and points us to the hope and the light that we have in trusting the Lord. As we set our hearts on Christ today and tomorrow, let us consider Isaiah 60 that points us to the Savior. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth, and total darkness the peoples. But the Lord will shine over you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to your shining brightness. I'm very thankful for this Christmas Eve service, not just because of tradition, not just because we get to see friends and family, but because of Christ. Christ is the reason why we have gathered. Christ brings hope. There's no one else like him who's ever lived in history. If I were to tell you the world is a dark place, you wouldn't be surprised and probably would even agree with me. But Jesus Christ brings light in the darkness. He was more than a good man or an example to others. Jesus Christ is unique in all the universe. He is more than a baby in a manger. He is God himself who has come to save in our profoundly broken world. So let me encourage you, just as Pastor Cody has done, to trust in Christ as Savior if you haven't already done so. Thank you again for coming and for being here this evening. I want to point out a gift. We have a gift for you. It's actually two-in-one, two-in-one special. So we have the Gospel of John and also a little book called The Light of the World. They're on a little table just out the sanctuary doors right before you go downstairs. So they're for you, a gift from us. So again, thank you for coming. Merry Christmas. And before we're dismissed, we're going to sing one more song, a church favorite. So let's sing it together. Go tell it on the mountain. Merry Christmas, brother.
Amen. Go proclaim the good news that Jesus has been born. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas.